the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to a new edition of Vatican Insider on this Mother's Day weekend. I send greetings and prayers to mothers everywhere, wishing each of you the Lord's choicest blessings as you fulfill one of the most beautiful and most powerful vocations on earth, that of motherhood. I want to remind you to tune in after the news for the interview segment for part two of my conversation with Brad Hahn, CEO of Solidarity Health Share, a community that supports individuals and families by lowering medical bills and providing a team of care professionals to help people navigate the health care system. Above all, its program gives people peace of mind knowing their health care dollars are used ethically. By the way, Brad is a lawyer and has worked for decades in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Now, the week's news highlights. Sunday, May 1st. After reflecting on the Gospel of the Day and praying the Regina Chaley with the faithful in St. Peter's Square, Pope Francis pointed out that today is the beginning of the month dedicated to the Mother of God. I would like to invite all the faithful and communities everywhere to pray the Rosary for Peace every day in May. My thought goes to the Ukrainian city of Mariupol, Mary's city, barbarically bombed and destroyed. Once again, from here, I renew my request that safe humanitarian corridors be arranged for the people trapped in the steelworks of that city. I suffer and weep thinking of the sufferings of the Ukrainian people, and in particular, the weakest, the elderly and children. There are even terrible reports of children being expelled and deported. Francis continued, and while we are witnessing a macabre regression of humanity, I wonder, along with so many anguished people, if peace is truly being sought, whether there is the will to avoid a continued military and verbal escalation, whether everything possible is being done to silence the weapons. I beg you, let us not surrender to the logic of violence, to the perverse spiral of weapons. May the path of dialogue and peace be taken. Let us pray. The Pope then noted that May 3rd is UNESCO World Press Freedom Day, and he paid homage to journalists who pay with their lives to serve this right. Last year, he said, 47 journalists were killed worldwide, and more than 350 were imprisoned. Special thanks go to those who courageously inform us of the wounds of humanity. Monday, May 2nd. In the Santa Marta residence, the Holy Father received 15 members of the International Federation of Catholic Pharmacists. He highlighted the crucial role this professional category plays in society, which was further confirmed during the COVID-19 pandemic. Pope Francis spoke of the critical social role they play in society, noting a twofold contribution to the common good. On the one hand, pharmacists lighten the burden on the health system, while on the other, they ease social tensions. He added, of course, this role must be played with great prudence and professionality. Pharmacists, he said, are like a bridge between citizens and the health system. Tuesday, May 3rd, the Vatican released the video message of Pope Francis's prayer intention for the month of May, and that intention is for faith-filled young people. Also Tuesday, 
In an interview with Luciano Fontana, editor of the Italian daily Corriere della Sera, Francis focused on the war in Ukraine, saying, I feel that before going to Kiev, I must go to Moscow. Since February 24th, when Russia invaded Ukraine, Francis has offered to be a mediator. He's spoken with Ukrainian President Zelensky. He's visited the Russian embassy to the Holy See, and above all, expressed a willingness to go to Moscow to meet President Putin. I asked Cardinal Parolin, after 20 days of war, to send a message to Putin to say I'm willing to go to Moscow. We have not yet received an answer, and we are still insisting, even if I fear that Putin cannot and does not want to have this meeting at this time. How can this brutality be stopped? 25 years ago, we experienced the same thing with Rwanda. The Pope apologized for not standing to greet the editor, saying, I have a torn ligament. I will have an operation with infiltrations, and we'll see. I've been like this for a long time. I can't walk. There was a time when popes used to go about with the sedia gestatoria chair, but that requires a little humiliation. Wednesday, May 4th. In a 25-minute meeting with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida on Wednesday morning before the general audience, Pope Francis reiterated his total opposition to the use and possession of nuclear armaments, saying possession and use is inconceivable. During his 2019 visit to Japan, the Pope prayed at the Hiroshima Peace Memorial, and he said it has never been clearer that for peace to flourish, all people need to lay down the weapons of war, and especially the most powerful and destructive of weapons, nuclear arms, that can cripple and destroy whole cities, whole countries. The use of such weapons is immoral. Later in the morning at the general audience, before starting the catechesis, Pope Francis was driven around a sun-splashed St. Peter's Square for about ten minutes, seated in a swivel chair in the white open jeep. Remaining seated due to his painful knee problem for which he's being treated, he waved nonstop to the pilgrims and occasionally received an infant or toddler whom he hugged and kissed. Arriving at the raised platform, the Holy Father began the catechesis, saying, In our continuing catechesis on the meaning and value of old age and the light of God's word, we now consider the example of Eleazar, as found in the second book of Maccabees. At a time of violent persecutions, the Jewish people were being forced under pain of death to eat meat sacrificed to idols. As an elderly and respected member of the community, Eleazar was told that if he merely pretended to do so, his life would be spared. However, rather than betray his faith in God, Eleazar preferred death. The Pope said his witness to the truth and dignity of the faith, even at the cost of his life, thus served as a powerful example to the young. In our own day, the witness of the elderly to a clear and consistent practice of the faith can counter the powerful cultural forces that would dismiss faith as outmoded or irrelevant. The elderly can help to strengthen the fabric of society and offer the young a model of integrity and fidelity valid for every age. Also Wednesday. Pope Francis sent a message to an international conference organized in Rome on May 4th and 5th by the Congregation for Institutes of Consecrated Life and Societies of Apostolic Life and the Pontifical Council for Culture that explores the cataloging, management, and innovation of the cultural heritage of religious communities. The theme is charism and creativity. 
Francis said such institutes and societies have been and continue to be promoters of art and culture at the service of faith, custodians of a very significant part of the cultural heritage of the Church and of humanity, archives, books, artistic and liturgical works, and the very buildings themselves. Thursday, May 5th. The Holy Father received the participants in the plenary assembly of the International Union of Superiors General in the Paul VI Hall. The speech that he had prepared was handed over to his guests, and instead he spoke off the cuff. Thursday was the first time Pope Francis has appeared in public in a wheelchair to protect his knee, for which he has received injections. However, he did sit in a chair at a table as he addressed the superiors. Also Thursday... The Vatican released Pope Francis's message for the 59th World Day of Prayer for Vocations on May 8th on the theme, Called to Build the Human Family. Also Thursday, Pope Francis issued two chirographs, one in which he merged four guest houses for priests, bishops, and cardinals visiting Rome or in service to the Holy See into one entity called the Domus Vaticani. In a second chirograph, the Pope formed an interdicastery commission to revise the current general regulation of the Roman Curia in order to conform to the new apostolic constitution on the Curia, Predicate Evangelium. Also Thursday, the Holy Father, having accepted the resignation presented by Archbishop Marcello Sanchez Sarondo, has decided that Cardinal Peter Codwo Apaya Turkson, Chancellor of the Pontifical Academy of Sciences and of the Pontifical Academy of Social Sciences, take possession of his new office on June 6, 2022, the Monday after the Solemnity of Pentecost. Pope Francis Thursday also received bishops of Brazil on their ad limina visit. Friday, May 6th, Pope Francis received President Ignacio Cassis of the Swiss Confederation on the day that the annual Swiss Guard swearing-in ceremony takes place in the Vatican. Those are the news highlights, but stay tuned for my talk with Matt Hahn, CEO of Solidarity HealthShare. I am a very happy, grateful revert to the faith. About 12 years ago, I was surfing the channels, and I found EWTN. I didn't even know it existed, and I heard Mother, and remembered that years ago, I had told a Catholic nun at a church in Boston that I was visiting that I missed the faith, and she said, you will come back. And when I was listening to Mother Angelica, I remembered that. EWTN, communicating the faith. Some parents try to comfort themselves with the line that kids don't need quantity time. I give them quality time. That's all that matters. And you know, quality time is important, but you know what's even more important? Lots and lots of time. I had an uncle when I was six or seven who used to sit next to me on the couch and watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I doubt he was really into that show, at least not as much as I was. That wasn't quality time, but it was quantity time. And that's some of my best memories as a seven-year-old. Not because it was such an amazing quality time, but because it was time with my Uncle Dan, who was telling me something just by sitting there with me. You know what lots of time communicates to kids? It communicates you're worth it. You're worth me, as a grown man, just wasting time on. It communicates that that kid is valued above whatever other important adult stuff you have to get to. And you just can't communicate that by little scheduled bursts of quality time. 
This is Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. The EWTN on-demand platform features 50 new podcasts every week, as well as an ever-expanding library of audio and video content for Catholics who want to learn more about their faith simply using their mobile device, computer, or TV. Your favorite EWTN programs are available 24-7. Visit EWTN.com and click On Demand. EWTN, the global Catholic network. Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Brad Hahn, CEO of Solidarity Health Share, who will tell us more about this company, a ministry really, that supports you and your family by lowering your medical bills, providing you with a team of care professionals to help you navigate the health care system, and giving you peace of mind knowing your health care dollars are used ethically. Learn of the challenges facing health care providers and how solidarity helps families in their own health challenges. By the way, Brad is a lawyer and he has worked for decades in the Phoenix, Arizona area. The HHS, that's the Department of Health and Human Services, has promised to revise its mandates on health plan coverage and performance to include surgical abortion, cross-sex hormones, gender transition surgeries, gender-affirming cosmetic surgeries, and voice modification. That I had never heard of. Along with a host of expanded services, uh, services dealing with fertility treatments, contraceptions, abortifacients, and sterilization. So it's believed that sometime in April, HHS, of course we're at the end now, could announce the proposed regulations which would not only disallow religious exemptions, but would have a broad cost and compliance impact. I don't even know where to go. I just know that none of those expressions or words, as I was growing up, were even part of any human vocabulary. Tell me more about this mandate. Yeah, well, the first problem is this mandate still stems from the Affordable Care Act. So an, an H, an, a government agency like HHS cannot issue a prescribing to have a regulations without statutory authority. So with the Affordable Care Act, there's a, a section in there in their law under Section 1557, which allows Congress and HHS to allow transgender type of discrimination mandates in, in, into, the, into their health care system. And again, that's where we are, right? So if you have insurance, you got to follow the government rules. And now the new government rule, they're finally getting around the regulations. And Joan, I'm surprised that this didn't happen earlier because it was in the law and the Obama administration never touched this for some reason. But I've been talking about this for five years now that wow. it's there and it's going to come alive and, and now we're starting to see it come to fruition. So what does that mean for the average American sitting there that's on insurance? That means that your healthcare dollars that you're contributing to the insurance company is going to pay for the mutilation of teenagers yeah. when it comes to transgender and, and, and reassignment surgeries and such like that. But now what's beautiful about being part of solidarity is we can say no to mandates like that, number one. But number two is we can teach our members the truth, beauty, and goodness of human dignity. And so what we've done at Solidarity is we have a, a really robust telehealth program. We work with Dr. Greg Popcheck uh, when it oh. comes to mental health counseling. And so we now our faithful families that maybe has a child that's struggling with this, instead of getting their bodies mutilated or, or going through that procedure, they can get the proper health framed in the anthropology of the Catholic Church to really try to help the family and that child get through this together. 
This is so amazing and so good. For so I can't even imagine the reaction of the people who are going to be listening to this, who literally, they're going to be at home and they're going to say, this is what I've been looking for all, all my life. Brad, and most of the questions that people might have can be answered by the website, solidarityhealthshare.org. But just spend uh, the final minute or two telling people how they can become involved. First thing to get involved is we ask everyone to continue to pray for us. Because what we're doing now is so revolutionary in the marketplace. You know, we have the insurance companies wanting to shut down health sharing ministries. We, we got big hospital systems that get upset at health sharing ministries. Why? Because that $60 million worth of savings we saved oh. our families. Hospitals don't want transparency in the billing. And so that's where we really fight for transparency and billing. So the first thing we need prayers. And a, a regular insurance company would not uh, yes. at all. Yeah. 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 And so that's what we're up against on, on that front. And also the challenges we see. Um, the, these mandates come from health and human services at the state level. They're constantly trying to get their hooks in health sharing ministries to make us follow those mandates. But right now we can say no, and we got good legal uh, and moral foundations to protect that. The second thing is if, if somebody wants to be a member of Solidarity, they can just call, uh, call us at 844-313-4999. And you already referenced our website at solidarityhealthshare.org. They can actually become a member. So the member process is fairly easy. You can call and ask any questions how this works, and then you can get an appointment and talk to somebody and see exactly how it works, see what kind of your monthly contribution is. But again, kind of the big picture is this, Joan, is um, as uh, the CEO and our board of directors, we meet uh, to look at the numbers, okay? We estimate how many, how much medical expenses are going to be submitted, and then we establish what a monthly contribution should be. You know, a monthly contribution, a part of that has to go to administration expenses, of course, but the rest of it and the vast majority of it, usually um, right around 80%, goes to actually sharing dollars. Wow. Yeah, and so at that point, we constantly monitor that. So that monthly contribution is constantly changing. You know, and unfortunately, what we've seen after COVID is we've seen medical prices um, go up as high as 15% in some areas. So health insurance costs are going to be going up and, and ministry costs will be going up too, sure. just on the price of health care in this country. But we're still fighting to try to get transparency. The other thing that's very different about Solidarity Health Share is we uh, also share in pharmaceuticals. And so oh. we, have a, we have a great relationship um, with the company now that we've created um, to, uh, to allow us to get the best pricing on pharmaceuticals. And uh, that's been a real blessing for our families. I know for us personally with our medicine, I've noticed our medical costs at our family have gone down tr considerably the last few months since this knew this. So we have a pretty comprehensive approach, not only to protect conscience on one side, but also to promote the human dignity of person through NAPRO technology, right. you know, and through find other alternatives and help families walk through counseling issues that are authentic to the anthropology of the church. And, and third is we have a, a really solid financial model to make sure we can really keep the costs of accessing health care in this country to a minimum for our members. Well, you know, uh, Catholic faith or no faith at all, if there's one thing people do know about, it's the price of medicine, the price of a doctor visit, the price of a hospital stay, the price of an aspirin in the hospital instead of the aspirin in the bottle of 100 aspirins yeah. you bought. So, And it's like, how can we keep that down? But you know what I'm hearing? And everything that you, that you and I talked about over lunch, but I'm hearing you say now, one of the biggest difference between you and any other organization of this nature, or let's call it, uh, let's insurance company, for example, I sense caring for the person. 
is very, very important. Uh, there's no insurance company on earth that would ask me to pray for them. Right. You know. Yeah, and that's a, that's really a, a huge blessing We I hear back from when I travel from our members. Um, thank you, Brad, for solidarity because when I call in with a problem, uh, a medical problem, you actually pray with me. Your staff prays with us. Yeah. You know, and every day we have, um, we do the Angelus at noon in our chapel Aww. and we do the Vine Mercy Chaplet at three. Uh, we we usually have mass and adoration two to three times a month in our chapel where we're constantly praying for the intercession of the saints. And you're in Arizona. Yeah, and we're I think in Arizona. I forgot to say that. Yes. Yeah, and so we're constantly praying for our families. Right. You know, and it's 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 bearing much fruit, and just the joy that I see out of our employees that we have our member care team when they can inspire and really help people out of these out of these situations. Because Joan, you know what? The burden of healthcare, oh. not only the financial burden. But the spiritual component that comes with it, doubt, uncertainty, you know, we have to be there as a ministry to evangelize the truth of Jesus Christ to our members, to support them, to give them hope and encouragement and know that somebody has their back through this, not only prayerfully, but also financially that not only it's not solidarity that financially backs this, it's all of the members coming together. Their financial resources of 8,500 families right now come together to back me, my family, when we have a health issue, another family when they have a health issue. So it's truly a community of believers coming in yeah. to support one another. And that has to be really mean something. And I told you about an experience I had. As a matter of fact, a, an appendectomy on the very same hour of the same day that a nephew of mine was getting married in Phoenix. That's why I was in Phoenix. But I remember when I awoke from surgery, the first thing I saw, and I told you this over lunch, was a cross on the wall. Yes. I knew I was in a Catholic hospital, but first of all, seeing the cross meant two things. A, I was alive, and B, just the cross, the crucifix, yes. Catholic, my faith. It meant so much to me. Now, I did neglect to say at the beginning, of course, that you are in Rome. You come once or twice a year for, for some business with the Vatican offices. Yeah, it definitely. And it's one of it we're talking about is conscience. So you saw that crucifix on the wall when you woke up from your procedure. Conscience is so important in the quality of health care. And that's what I need to convey to some certain offices here at the Vatican this week. Who I was summoned over for, for a meeting to really share our experience at how we're doing approaching health care differently in the United States with the health sharing ministry. So I'm called to, to talk about this at the dicastery for promoting a, uh, integral human development. Sure. Yeah, and so they want to know what we're doing more and on the moral and ethical conscious protections, but also on how we're doing a unique approach. That's number one. And that's the main reason why I'm here this week. But conscience is so important because if you protect conscience, the quality of health care increases. Uh, simply from the fact, because if I go in and you saw that crucifix on the wall, if I'm talking to a doctor who's like-minded, you know, who knows that what I believe, I know what they believe, you build a really strong relationship, a rapport is built, communication improves, I feel more comfortable sharing my medical issues with this provider, sure. this doctor, the quality of care because the communication increases. That's what we talked about too. That, that in of itself is why the government should protect conscience because the quality of healthcare increases. Now, to me, what's so burdensome right now with these new health and human services, transgender regulations are trying to implement, when, number one, to me, the greatest issue right now in healthcare is access to good quality healthcare, number one, at an affordable cost and a conscientious, that doesn't violate your conscience. Health and human services under the Biden administration now has put as the number one priority uh, equal access for LGBTQs access to healthcare. They forgot about the pricing of healthcare. They forgot about the financial burden, the spiritual burden of healthcare. So the priorities are warped. 
Yeah. What's a blessing about our members with solidarity is we can keep the right order in healthcare. Our faith, make sure we have the backing of 8,500 families, and we access quality care at a reasonable price. That's the priorities that our members have. Well, hopefully, too, at the Vatican meeting, they will hear this, they will listen, they will learn how they can share. Yes. And I mean, not just limit this to one country. Have other countries look at the same idea. Many countries that we know, Italy, we're, we're in one right now, that has um, you know, social, socialized medicine, which sometimes works well. I've had two emergency things at a hospital in the last 40 years. I never paid a cent, so that, that can be good. But there right. can also be you might need critical heart surgery and you're going to be on a wait list for six months. So yes. that can be obviously a drawback. of. But still, why can't another system be inserted right. You know, so that you have this, um, this solidarity health share idea? Yeah. Well, that's, it's a perfect concept, and we saw this a lot in, um, in a lot of stories out of England recently and some other countries in Europe, and even in Italy had some stories like this, where um, the government-run health care uh, was refusing to pay for treatment at somebody, um, it would maybe have been in a, in a permanent coma, you know, maybe in other certain situations, and they just refused to give medical care, pay for medical care, and allowing the person to, to be euthanized at that point, right? Yeah, yeah by starving, starving them to death. So you can see then that we see, even in healthcare in, in Europe, for everyone loves because they don't they pay very little. But again, if the government's paying for it, the government's values and beliefs are being implemented into the care. Sure. And on, on end-of-life issues, sure. you know, on contraception issues. The government spin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we have to be very careful. And that's what's, what's great about solidarity is because we can just say, no, we're going to follow Jesus Christ and his church and our health care. Right. A government's not going to tell us what our beliefs are. We know what our beliefs are. And you're not hampered in doing that uh, because you are. You're, exactly. you're not an insurance company, period. So, yes. so that helps, you know. And we, and we can't because that's why we have all this unique flexibility to serve our members the best way we can. So the best way for any of us to find out any more is to go to the website, which we've mentioned, but I will also put it on my blog, and then you will see where you can ask questions. There are phone numbers, and where you can also just find out more information, how to fill out a form, how to join uh, Solidarity HealthShare. I want to thank you for this because it's so, so needed today. And, and as I said in the beginning, I am sure so many of the listeners just after hearing you for three or four minutes, are going to say, wow, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I need to hear. So good, wonderful luck here in Rome on sharing these ideas, these principles, these concepts at the Vatican, because they are much needed. And then enjoy the eternal city, which I know you will. And Thank you, Joan. Yeah. It's a blessing to spend time with you this afternoon. Well, we will stay in touch, and I'll have you send me any updates or new info I should know. And I can. I, I should have said this halfway through our talk, but we've been talking with Brad Hahn, and he is the CEO of Solidarity Health Share. God bless you in your travels. God bless you in your work, and um, enjoy Rome. Yes, thank you. For more information on these stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.